0: Have you seen, like, your friend Johanna beat you at, at laser tag before?
1: Bull crap.
0: Oh, oh okay. You just legit did in. not win. I, I did win.
1: That's not true. Next week's post-show we're recording at Extreme Fun Center. <laughs> that would be so fun. From the laser tag arena. It's going on the church budget.
0: I'm just saying I did one time. I'm not saying that I will ever again. And it was really hard for you to accept. That's not true. I it's wish that I could call them back and be like, hey, do you have the history from this date three years ago? You didn't get a different one. I did. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. I did.
1: All right, let's get going. Hey,
0: everybody, welcome back wait, to the wait,
1: post wait. show. It didn't with the- mean, like a, oh, let me get a little bit of sippy um, water. Wh-
0: Anyways. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the wait, post wait, show I re- with your- legit was oh. this time. Hey,
1: everybody, welcome back to the Wasting hey. Wasting post show, the post show with the Mo show, with the Mo and
0: Joe the the mojo. show, mojo. Joe Mojo show. Mojo show, get it right. All right one more time. Ready? Hello hey everybody, everybody. Welcome, welcome back to, back to the post show like with the host shows, Mo Shows, host shows the Mojo. Mojo, Mojo, Mojo show.
1: We did
0: it. I like how the voice got low. And At we have I a catchphrase,
1: get in the zone. Mojo zone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like it. <laughs> well, we are in a different location today, and the I don't know if you feel this, but they feel further from me. Yeah. Do they feel further from you?
1: Yeah, a little bit uh, I feel like it's just a little bit more serious. It might be because we're dressed in all black we're a little oh, somber. that you know? is true we're like seems like seems like we're really trying to up our We're about to get some
0: hate because bit. every time that I wear all black, I get a lot of hate. really from who? I'm not gonna say who because I don't want to call them out, huh. but a lot of people
1: you'd say like maybe like. People that are a little judgmental in the church?
0: (laughs) No, it's not anybody that goes to this church. Oh, wow. Anyways. They used to, though.
1: Interesting, Reagan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Happy 30th. (laughs) So let's hear talk about what we're here to talk about. Let's
1: hear talk about what we're here to (laughs) talk (laughs) about. We are here to talk everything about Levi's sermon, which we have both listened to, which isn't always the case. And
0: you heard Psalm 119 for the first time.
1: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. In its entirety. I've, I love that psalm. Uh-huh. I've been reading it. Every and you've week. got
0: You've actually, you're nervous. Today's post show is Mike's going to recite it. Yeah, absolutely. The all yeah. 156 verses. Yeah. Uh,
1: but in all seriousness, we, you and I had already had some great conversations. But a little bit of, as we were switching around uh, locations and stuff, yeah. we've had a little bit of extra time to prep. Uh, and I feel like we've actually... Like if we would just been recording what we've been talking about, yeah, it would have been, yeah, it would have been good.
0: But yeah, I was thinking about, um, I honestly, I, I think it was when Levi said like he finished reading Psalm 119 and then gave people permission to be distracted to continue to read Psalm 119. Yeah, and it made me think, it took me back to being a kid, and it made me think about all of my church experiences as a kid and how like more oftentimes than not I was distracted in a church service and how even as an adult. I find myself that way. And then I thought about how, in a lot of churches, and we even do this here, you have like activities for kids when they go into the church service because you know they're gonna get distracted. But then, like, there's like somewhere, somehow that gets like cut off after a certain age where it's like, okay, no more distraction. Like, you gotta focus in. And it made me realize and appreciate that growing up, like, my parents and my family, there was not a lot of social expectation to not be distracted. Or to even be in church, it was just kind of like, you know, we're going to let you figure it out. Whatever age you are, you're going to do what's appropriate for your age. Like, they were always focused, and they would never give in to our distractions if we were trying to trying to distract them, but they would kind of just let us figure it out. And I think that that really impacted me now as an adult, being in a church and hearing a lot of sermons, whether either physically at a church or at home, even on a podcast, I can get very easily distracted and feeling like the freedom for that to be okay.
1: Yeah. And that I think that's a rare experience honestly. Oh,
0: I do too. And that's why maybe like think about it more and I was like, I don't think that that's common. Yeah.
1: It, it's I think it, I can't imagine cuz I'm not a parent yet. Yeah. But like it's has to be one of the most incredibly difficult like lines to walk in your entire life. Like the decision like you can, you obviously you can't give someone your faith. Oh, yeah, no. But you can equip them and and you can you can teach them and you can, you can show, show them. them. But But just to be, to get to that point where you're like, how much of a heavy hand do I have to have in this process? Mm -hmm. And how much can I just sort of set back and say, I'm gonna lead by example and I'm gonna show you what the right choices are for myself and hope that you follow in those footsteps. Uh, I likened it to earlier, like I would imagine it's sort of like watching your kid ride the bike without the training wheels on for the first time. You're like, I know they're gonna slam and I know they're gonna skin their knees, but I kind of have to trust that process, otherwise they're going to be dependent on these training wheels their whole life, and that's not really riding a bike.
0: Yeah, know? and I think it's even heightened when it comes to um, faith, because it's like this is more important than learning to ride a bike. This is everything. Some would say and, that. <laughs> and so it's a lot more challenging, I think, to just like, let go and let God, as people would say, like, work in their hearts because you so badly want that for them. And like I think about that in my friendships too. Like there are a lot of friendships where that's hard for me. Like we t- we speak a lot about redemptive friendships. It's hard for me to just like let go and let the Lord work in their life and just know that like by the way that I'm acting and by the way that I'm staying focused or maybe even feeling distracted, that gives them the freedom to know that like this is not like a rule book you have to follow. You have to sit, you have to be quiet, you can't check your phone, you can't do this. Like it shows them important things that are good to learn about about following jesus
1: yeah who's that guy that has the church in portland uh bridgetown do you know his name is no. he's a really great author john mark comer john mark comer oh. Thank you, uh, john mark Homer has this book and i believe this is where this quote came from but i've had this quote that's sort of lived at the top of my notes like mm-hmm. i pinned it to the top of my notes because i think about it every time i go to talk to our middle schoolers, or even like, I'm doing a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening, uh, I think of this quote, which is, a sermon is not a prayer, it's not a lecture, it's to make people feel the presence of the kingdom of God, and it's the reason I think about that is like, all of our relationships with God are incredibly individual, right? Mm -hmm. By nature, they should be, Like, like what we're talking about, you can't give someone your relationship, your relationship is unique to yourself, and so that that experience of experiencing the presence of God is going to be different from yourself to myself to to Willie like it, it's going to be different for each of us for some people they experience God uh, more heightened when they're in nature mm-hmm. uh, and some people only experience God when they're in silence and solitude journaling and so to, to to look at someone and say well you're not experiencing God correctly even within the the setting of a church where we kind of have this idea like this is what it should look like to worship here. This is what it should look like to receive here. It's difficult and I it, it think it's incorrect because for each of us, our relationship is unique. For me, I don't enjoy sitting in worship settings. Yeah. I feel like that's not a way that I connect to God as much as I have tried in the past. It just, it's just I've always had that sort of imposter syndrome feeling like, I don't belong in this setting, this is not for me. But what I have found great success in is like, sitting in the back of the room and journaling and this isn't something i do at awaken but this is something i do every time i visit another church so i can find the spot furthest in the back and i, I journal and i just spend mm-hmm. some time uh, with the background music like i do when i'm at home and i just and i just get to to spending time receiving what god has for me yeah I don't know if that does that resonate
0: yeah well i think what i was just thinking about when you said that is i was wondering why do you sit in the back like, what's your? Was there a reasoning it's, behind that?
1: It's the social pressure of like, you know, people looking out and being like, "Ooh, he's not doing the things that we're supposed to be doing right now," which is like the cookie cutters of, of Christianity, mm-hmm. sort of what worship should look like. And again, I don't think that's correct. I think worship is yeah. is individual to the individual. And for me, what worship looks like is is seated is spending time not listening to the person singing, but listening to what God has saying to yeah. me in that moment.
0: Which is ultimately, like, the a big part of worship is that you're receiving, you know, you're giving back to God, but also you're receiving what he's saying to you, whether it's coming through the lyrics, and, and a lot of people, they connect that way. I am one of those people. I am opposite to Mikey. I very much connect through the traditional sense of worship and through singing, um, but I think it is really... Important to remember for one, to not let somebody who's doing something different than you distract you. Because I think that's super easy to like get yeah. down this train of thought where it's like, what is Mikey doing? Why is he doing that? Like what's Why is happening? He
1: speaking in tongues again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's important to remember. And I think a cool thing that could maybe help remind you is to think about your own life and like think about the ways that are unique that you experience God. And then think about that multiplied by all the people just in our church or in your life and how many different ways there are to experience god
1: and also i'd say to even challenge that if you're coming up with a blank when johanna's saying like unique ways that you experience god think about the ways that you experience joy in your life like the things that bring you like unbridled joy in your life and think about ways that you can invite god into that process if you haven't already whether that be like you really enjoy cooking your meals at night or like cooking for others like you're, maybe you incorporate prayer into those moments. Whatever it looks like, like think about those moments of pure, unadulterated joy in your mm-hmm. life. And think about if God is not already a part of those moments, how can I invite him into that process? Yeah. I guess that would be my practical application for the week.
0: Yeah, I think that's great.
1: Anything else you got to say before we get out of here? That's all. Okay. Love you See guys. See you guys later. See you next week. Okay,
0: let's do Chair Wars. Sheer Wars.